Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, Big 3 fans? It's Anthony here from 4th Man Pod. Just a quick disclaimer before you guys listen to the episode. We made this episode on Monday, and the news about Boozer, Carlos Boozer joining Power happened on Tuesday, so we don't actually get into the specifics of that. Uh, also, some other news is that Solomon Jones joined Ghost Ballers on Tuesday, so we also don't talk about that acquisition, but those are just two things I want you guys to be aware of. We talk about Boozer being waived by Ghost Ballers and some impending decisions that he could possibly be making. We now know that, obviously, so you can disregard everything that we say about Boozer's upcoming decisions in the Big Three. Um, just to touch on it a little bit, it's obviously a great move by Power. A big power move, no pun intended, but you know, with Triplets making the trade for Jamario Moon and exchange for Chris Johnson, it's obviously it's big for Power to make that move and keep up with the keep up with the pace of the standings. You know, they despite them knocking off Triplets, yes, those are seem like the two teams that are going to be going head to head in the championship. So Triplets try to make a move to have an advantage over Power, and Power countered with that with a huge move. And, you know, Power just lost Birdman to a torn ACL, so he's out for the season. So, obviously, they like the two big style of play with Big Baby Davis and Birdman. So, now you have a guy in Carlos Boozer who was arguably the second best big man in the Big Three last year. And hasn't been playing much for Ghost Ballers for whatever the case may be. So, um, you know, it's a really big move by Power. Hopefully, we see a few more uh, exciting trades happening where... Some other teams that are competing for a playoff spot and possibly even a contending championship spot uh, make a move and bolster their team a little bit because there are some teams that I think could make some runs, but right now it is looking like triplets and power are the two teams to beat. Uh, obviously, power being the defending champions, they are the team to beat. But, you know, a big move again by, you know, Nancy Lieberman, Corey McGetty squad there and hopes of, you know, running this thing back, being two time champions. So, uh, it's really exciting. You know, the big three has obviously improved significantly in terms of competition level. And now we're seeing it with the midseason trades, midseason acquisitions to, you know, bolster the rosters and make this run. You know, it's very competitive, not only now because they have 12 teams, but also because of everybody who's in contention for a playoff spot. So I uh, just wanted to make this disclaimer and people of where that, yes, we understand the Carlos Boozer news did happen. It just didn't happen when we record. Uh, of course it didn't. You know, we we never record early in the week, and the one day we do, or the one week we do, it uh, is obviously a big news week. So uh, apologies for that. Please still enjoy the show. We talk about Will and Jared's experience at the Big 3 Media they, they had in Brooklyn a couple weeks ago, and we get into a little bit about the teams this past week and preview a little bit of Salt Lake City. So... We still had a great show for you guys coming up, so hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back again to another edition of the Fourth Man Podcast. Got a good episode 13 on the way. We got Will, per usual, joining the show from Big 3 News. And we also have a special guest as part of Will's team, his intern, Jared, who actually joined him a couple weeks ago in Brooklyn as a credential member of the Big Three Media. So uh, what's going on, guys? What's going on? Welcome. Uh, happy to be back. How are you guys? I'm excited to be on the podcast for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to have you. And 
Is that is that the correct title intern there, or did Will promote you after after Will, a good job at the media experience? I am definitely Will's intern. I'm unpaid, but I'm <laughs> intern. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you got to put in the dirty work before you get that uh, couple of dollars here and there. So. Better. I'm also unpaid, so. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm actually also unpaid. So it's just one big unpaid group. So uh, uh, <laughs> just happy to be talking some uh, big three news again. Obviously, exciting week five. And really just want to, you know, hear your two spectrums of your media experience. Um, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we got to talk about mine and just from my own perspective. And I had a friend who was a videographer, but you guys seemed like you worked uh, alongside each other and really made a good team and documented everything. So it'll be interesting to hear, you know, Will, who's followed the league since day one, season one, and then Jared, you know, following it a little bit later after Will. So uh, we will talk about that and we will get into that. But first, we have a little bit of breaking news that went down today. Ghostballers really shaking it up a little bit as well as triplets. The first one came earlier this afternoon when triplets made a trade for Jamario Moon. And in return, they sent back Chris Johnson to Ghostballers. So triplets and are acquire some scoring and ghost ballers get a little bit of size, which they really have needed uh, least amount of rebounds in the league. First initial thoughts, Will, when you saw this go down. I mean, I think that is, I think it's crazy that triplets were able to snag somebody like Jamario Moon. I mean, he's probably, right. he's probably one of the elite uh, scorers in the league. So just the idea that we're going to have him paired up to Joe Johnson, or even coming off the bench, I think it's crazy. I think this is a move that you make if you're trying to solidify a championship run. Yeah, absolutely. And I was wondering if they would make any types of moves. Uh, obviously, they came off the loss. And the big thing was that Power was able to get other guys to kind of shoot the ball. It was a Joe Johnson show. And Al Jefferson's had a couple of good games back to back. But, you know, everyone else has been a little inconsistent. So now you get a consistent 13-point scorer in Jamario Moon. And on the flip side, you know, Ghostballers gets Chris Johnson, who's been coming off the bench, uh, not playing as much, just due to Al Jefferson being there. Um, do you feel like Ghostballers improved or got worse with this move? Because it's kind of a, a potential hopeful uh, Chris Johnson will be really good once he comes over and starts for us. I mean, I agree with you said. They're definitely, they were definitely in uh, desperate need for a center. I mean, the least amount of rebounds in the league, especially when it's 3v3, um, that's a stat that you really can't hold and expect to win. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Chris Johnson will definitely be getting more minutes. It'll definitely be an offense that maybe um, utilizes him more. But, I mean, overall, I think losing a player like Jamario Moon, I think that that's going to be tough. I mean, besides Ricky Davis uh, and Mike Taylor, he was one of their main looks on offense. Yeah, and I think they were able to – they had a little bit of flexibility because Mike Taylor panned out so well. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, Jamario Moon led the team in scoring, led the team in rebounding. And I think they just felt they had to shake it up after some back-to-back-to-back blowout losses. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Chris Johnson will definitely get more minutes because later in the day, we found out that Carlos Boozer was released from Ghostballers. Uh, He was a co-captain. And it looks like, I don't know what Ghostballers will do to replace Boozer, but it looks like they've made uh, just trying to rebuild from the bottom and work their way back up because something hasn't been working over the past three weeks. Yeah, I mean, you and I kind of speculated on um, whether or not he's going to be one of the uh, the players to be uh, league mandated uh, to sit out. Um, so I guess that's good for us that we kind of predicted it. But it's bad for Carlos Boozer because at this point in the season and the product the productivity that he's had so far, I'm not really too sure if we're going to see him in another uniform. 
Yeah, it's interesting because he didn't get deactivated, obviously, so he can still sign back with another team. Um, and I don't think he was allowed to be traded because he was a co-captain. However, I mean, I'm sure there's a couple teams that could use someone like, like Carlos Boozer, but what's what's the state of his playing time? What's the state of his health? You know, there's a lot of questions of why he wasn't playing uh, only about a couple minutes in, you know, weeks two and three. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if anybody picks him up as – you know, just a player rather than a captain. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just, you have a team like Enemies that still need that sixth guy, and they've been running pretty good with that five-man rotation. Yeah, and their biggest guy is, what, Craig Smith, who's six seven, Probably. probably at the, so just like to take a flyer on him. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad get there. So, uh, we'll be interesting to see where, where or if Carlos Beecher ends up anywhere. But certainly, I mean, I think we've talked about this on the past few podcasts is that, Boozer was the second best big man in the league last year behind Reggie Evans. So it's it's really surprising. And he's been well documented in advertisements as, you know, one of the headliners of the big three. So just to see where how this is, you know, the falling out of this is kind of disappointing. But, you know, we'll see what uh, both Ghost Ballers and Triplets can do. And, um, you know, if Ghost Ballers kind of falls apart, we could see maybe them disband and try to restart or regroup uh, next season. Uh with that being said, that's, most, that's really the, the, the biggest news that happened today. Obviously, we had our first trade of the season and our first release of the season, uh, other than deactivation. So we shall see how those teams turn out. Now, let's, let's get into uh, really what we wanted to talk about a little bit today, your media experience. Will and I touched on it a little bit last week. Uh, we, we wanted to say most of what went on. Uh, Will, obviously, you followed the league since day one in the big three, and you were was this your first time as a credentialed media member? Yeah, for the big three. As a credentialed media member for anything, I mean, let alone the big three. Oh, so this is your just your debut period. Oh, absolutely. You know, and uh, I couldn't say that I, I was never probably more excited and confused in my life. <laughs> yeah, um, no. It... But yeah, you know, we got through it, so that's really the part, only part that matters. Yeah, and. Uh, from when I saw it, it sounded like you did a really good job. You asked the right questions. Uh, you know, there was no shakiness in your voice. I feel like for me, that's a big thing is talking in front of a bunch of other media members. But uh, you seem pretty comfortable. Uh, Jared, what was what was your experience like joining the big three later? And then, you know, why were you interested in going with Will when he asked you? Well, actually, uh, I was at the, the inaugural game in Brooklyn um, that first week back in, what, 2017 now? Uh, okay. Yeah, so I, I I was there for that, and I like I was excited when I heard about the the three on three because like obviously it's more of a pickup style, like the rules were different, um, and obviously the game has changed a lot since then. I I think they played the sixty points that day. Uh, every team played on the same day. It it was a long event. Like it was, you could tell that it was a good idea, but it was kind of unorganized, which made sense because it was a new league. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and and then there was the disappointment with uh, with Allen Iverson right, right. The play, and then Jason Williams tore his ACL. Like you could tell that it was a good good idea, and it would turn into something good, but it was going it was going to be a process. But okay. uh, I've I've kind of been like you know I know a little bit about the league since then. Like I followed, I look at the scores, like I know the champions. Obviously, I, I watched the playoffs last year. Um, he hears me talk about I it. I hear Will talk about it. <laughs> uh, so when Probably. he had to go, I mean, it was a no-brainer. I mean, I 
I'm, I, I love basketball. I watch the NBA. So just to have an opportunity to go into arena, I'm a Knicks fan. So uh, obviously I would rather have been to Madison Square Garden, but Barclays Center will do. Uh, <laughs> so I was excited just to go into an NBA arena and to go backstage because uh, similar to Will, that was my first experience as, um, as a media member at all. So going into it, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I was just very excited going, uh, like to have the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, just, you know, I talked about a little bit my perspective a couple of episodes ago when I was in Atlanta. And I've had a, cu- a little bit of experience being a credentialed media member just in other events, not necessarily basketball, more like college football or college basketball, just from my own school and uh, a little bit in the AAF. But I'd have to say that the big three offered up the best experience as a media member that I've ever had. Um, just the availability of the PR members, the the helpfulness of everybody, the support that, and the humbleness of the players and the coaches that are in the league, uh, different personnel. I mean, it was really, really cool idea and cool experience. Uh, Jared, for you, let me let me ask you this. You're, you're saying that you followed the league um, and you were there for the first game. Coming back to it a couple weeks ago in Brooklyn, what, what was what was the biggest difference you spotted like initially when you first went to the game? Like I said, the first the the thing that I think has changed the most with the big three is the organization. Um, I feel like obviously uh, with the expansion teams, uh, it was going to be impossible to play all games on the same day. But right. I think fifty points is more manageable than sixty. I feel like the transition into the games is much better. Um, I mean, the crowd, I'm going to say the crowd was just just as electric, obviously, because it was the first game ever, Allen Iverson. But I feel like now they were they were electric for the right reason. Absolutely. Not, not just for the hype of the league. They're actually, they're enjoying the league. It's not hype anymore. Now it's just enjoyment. Yeah, because I, like, I remember when we first got there, I remember some, some game was going on, and then I remember Allen Iverson walked in everyone stopped looking at the game and just started applauding Allen Iverson. And in that uh, moment, that's like a really cool moment. But like, and I, I agreeing a hundred percent with what Jared said, like everyone today was just, they were applauding the basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, the level of competition has probably raised significantly from then. Uh, no offense to anybody from season one, but just like, you know, Allen Iverson was probably the most prominent name in the entire big three. Now I feel like there's some prominent names in the big three, but there's also, there's not just like two or three. It's more like 10 to 15, maybe 10 to 12. And so it kind of, you know, you have to focus your eyes on other places, uh, focus your eyes on more games and rather than people just walking in because of just the significance of so many of these players in this league. And something else I realized, I, I feel like at the beginning, um, Ice Cube focused on getting the big names, obviously, to attract fans. But I feel like the lesser big name you are, the more likable you become in the big three. Like, obviously, Joe Johnson this year, he's he's been phenomenal. But, like, what you said with Carlos Boozer, how it was disappointing, or Allen Iverson disappointing, or all the names that got let go earlier this year, Baron Davis and Jermaine O'Neal. Like, these, these are well-known guys. But I feel like the guys that are low key, the guys that like have have something to prove, are the reason why the big three is the reason why the big three is so enjoyable. No, oh, yeah, I, I can. That's my own personal opinion, but I just feel like the players that that are well known, that are um, you know, that are NBA uh, 
experience. They go into the big three kind of looking like um, or having the thought that they're entitled. And I just feel like watching the players that, you know, aren't as popular, like play hard and literally outperform those players. It like I feel like that's the greatness of the big three. Yeah, and we and we saw, you know, like Allen Iverson, he was a guy who got exposed a little bit, thinking he could just come in and dominate. And we've also seen on the flip side guys like David Hawkins and, and the Andres with Andre Emmett and Andre Owens. Those are guys that might have not been the most prominent name when you talk about NBA, but when you're talking about the big three, those are three of the most important players, I think, uh, in the league. And they've shown just how good they are and how much of a force they are. So, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I really think that's the fun of the league is that you find out more superstars uh, on a different level, a different platform, and that's what makes it so exciting. And they're just everyone's really just humble about it. Even the guys who were big NBA guys, um, I'll ask you guys this. I mean, the guys you met, I mean, based. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been. A, obviously, you haven't been a credentialed media member of the NBA games, but maybe you've come and encountered close by to some guys in the NBA, or I don't know. I'm just. I just feel like the big three. It's a really. It, they're really humble and they're easy to talk to, and they give you some opportunity. I mean, what do you guys think? I was. I was pleasantly surprised about how like open and how willing all the players and coaches were to answer the questions. I mean, even after the actual press conference ended, the players and coaches stayed an extra 15 minutes talking to, you know, doing one-on-ones and answering, doing podcasts and one-on-one interviews. I just like thought it was um, like, it was refreshing and I thought it was pretty cool and, and surprising, honestly, that, they were so willing to, you know, take more time out of their day to talk to the media. Yeah, I think yeah. that really, that really uh, jumps out with that is Reggie Theus. Like, uh, we were, we just told him, oh, hey, good job, coach, like, good win, because they just beat uh, three-headed monsters. And he stayed, like, an extra, like, five minutes just, like, to talk to us about, like, preparing his team and, like, what he thinks they could do next, you know what I mean? And, like, we weren't even, like, recording, like, writing anything down. We were just having, like, a casual conversation. But he was, like, everyone was, like, so, like, passionate about it. And, like, you know, everyone looked you in the eye. And they gave you, like, a very, like, thoughtful answer when they spoke to you. So, absolutely. It was very, um, you know, it, it was just an absolutely just awesome experience. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, like I said, even the guys with the more prominent names are willing to do that. They're just – they're about the league, and it's really cool. They support everything that uh, Ice Cube and Jeff Kwanowitz are doing. Uh, who are some of – did you – besides Reggie – is who were some of the guys maybe that you talked to afterwards and what kind of conversations what kind of um experience or what did it say about their personality kind of did you find out from talking to those guys i mean after the press conferences ended um we we really didn't uh get to talk to anybody i mean literally they were swarmed by the other media members and um like, I didn't want to be that guy. To, yeah, we may have gotten, like, worked out of, like, that situation a little bit. <laughs> um, but it was just, you know, but needless to say, like, I know, like, Lisa Leslie, she stayed around. Um, David Hawkins was just there, like, hanging out with his kids. James White stayed after. James White stayed took, after. Yeah, I, got, I got a picture with James White. Oh, that's dope. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was really just, like, everybody, like, like, Dion Glover was just, like, getting food with, like, the media. He was just, like, hanging out. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just, like, a very, like, uh, Mason Plumley was there. Yeah, Mason Plumley was sitting court. Oh, wow, that's cool. Well, Mason Plumley, we didn't know how to introduce ourselves, so we just pretended, like, he should know who we are. 
So we were, wait, wait, wait. What kind of experience? How did that go down? <laughs> we literally just walked by and we're like, oh, Mason, how are you, man? Like, good to see you again. He's like, hey, guys, nice to see you. <laughs> it's crazy how, I mean, obviously there's seven footers and stuff, but like, I don't think I've actually been that close to a lot of those people that are that tall. I don't know about you guys, but just the, the size high is, is next level when you're in person standing next to these guys. Well, it's absolutely insane because, like, I feel like every kid growing up, like, kind of has this idea that, like, oh, like, you know, if I spent, like, three hours, like, every day putting up shots, I could probably make the NBA. Bro, absolutely not. <laughs> you are not six foot five. You know what I mean? You, you can't even be a point guard now. Right. Like, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's, it's 80%. Like, obviously, those guys put in the work and 100% they're freak athletes. But, like, really, like, the the measuring bar it, it's just that it's just genetics you know what I mean yeah the the guys like who are definitely shorter than six I'd say six three ish six three and shorter maybe no shot like those those guys really got to find a way to to create their own shot you know find a way to really take advantage of what they're given so uh, and you really like see that in person just I mean I I was sitting next to Patrick O'Brien in Atlanta because a lot of trilogy had to leave early just because they were missing flights because the game lasted a little bit longer than expected. And I just never realized how tall he was until I'm trying to talk to him about this PSA he made about his daughter. And I, I just feel like I'm five and he just, you know, he's like in his thirties, just way older than me. But really, I mean, we're probably like 10 year age difference. So it's just, it's just crazy to stand next to those guys and think like, like, wow, these guys are just seven feet tall every single day, and <laughs> they're just on a whole nother world. It's crazy. Yeah, and, like, you even think of guys, too, like, think of like, oh, like, short guys, like Frank Nitty. Like, oh, yeah, he's, like, a little guy. No, he's not. He's, like, a solid, <laughs> yeah. like, five inches uh, taller than me, and he's, like, a, he's built, like, a like a brick wall. Will Bynum. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, Will Bynum. Will Bynum's a, a, a unit. I mean, if that's the one word to describe yeah. Will Bynum, it's a unit. Yeah, he's he's a dog. Yeah, he's a yeah. dog. <laughs> Even when they're like close to the same height as you, they're just they still looking way bigger than you. They're literally just bigger. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, it's it's crazy when you're in person and experiencing all that. What what do you think was the best part about being one of the media members? I mean, was it meeting the players? Was it seeing the game up close? Was it just hearing from some of those guys? Did you meet anybody in the media who? You might have had a good conversation with, entertained you. You might have saw on social media. Like, what was the best experience coming away from that? It's tough to, like, pinpoint one because all of the, the stuff you just named, like, stands out. But one of the, like, cool aspects of it that was, like, kind of strange to me that it, we kind of just did whatever we wanted to. Like, <laughs> we, we literally sat courtside, like, they, they told us to just find empty seats. So we literally sat wherever we could find a seat. We could get up, walk through the tunnel, yeah. go to the media room, get food whenever we wanted to. Uh, like we left, we would leave after the game, come by, come back, uh, sometimes second half, like enjoy the second half of the game and then just head back to the tunnel, walk around courtside. Like it was just like the freedom of it was, was pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think – you guys had a little bit more freedom than I did. We tried to sit courtside, and, I mean, they were on us like a hawk. As soon as we sat down, they had to make sure we had baseline passes. And, Seriously? You know, 
Yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty strict. We had this, I mean, we were still sitting pretty high up. Um, we just had, you know, the luxury of going into the media room and getting food or coming out of the tunnel and kind of trying to stand there and, and watch until they made us go back up top. But yeah, there wasn't as much leeway, so that's pretty cool. That's actually pretty nuts. Yeah. That, that was not our experience at all. Like, I, we were literally walking anywhere, and people would be like, hey, I just, we just flashed the media badges. They're like, all right, carry on. And Did you have a badge? I had a. The employees there weren't sure either. Yeah, yeah, no, they had no idea. Oh. Like, <laughs> we weren't even sure where they conducted the press conferences. Yeah. And we were asking the people, we're like, oh, like, we're in the media. Like, do you know where they do the press conferences? Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. You ask, ask him. And then we go over to the other employee. Oh, I have no idea. Ask him. And we ended up just, spot- we, we, we spotted a guy with the same sticker as us. And we literally <laughs> followed, <just> followed that. <laughs> That's interesting. I felt like when I got there, the PR media members, there was maybe two or three of them. I mean, they were really all about like assisting you as soon as you got there or as soon as they spotted you. They're like, the media room's here. You can talk to any of us if you need anything. I mean, I thought that was a cool part. I was like, oh, they're like waiting on us if we need anything and kind of guiding us through this whole process. This is really cool. In a way, like like I said this to Jared, like I feel like it might have been an advantage that we kind of were like away from the rest of the pack because I feel like, I wonder if like we did run into the PR guys, they were going to like, you tell us, Oh no, you can't sit courtside. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, like, it was almost stop. like, so I'm not assuming that we did anything wrong, but I mean like, I don't know. <laughs> the only thing that we did. Wrong, oh God. This so is really, this is, this is bad. So they had, <laughs> oh, gosh. they had the folding chairs that they told us we could sit on. But when we asked the, what do you even call that that person? Whatever, it was the, like the, the head security. The it was head like somebody. He he, you know, somebody in a suit. Like yeah, okay. So somebody in a suit. So it could have just. Stopped, they told us to ask this guy. Like go ask this guy. Where were okay. we? So the guy said, or it, it was a girl. The girl said, um, so there's a row of seats. You can see if your name is there. If not, you just find an open seat. So we said okay. So it was these chairs that she was talking about is where literally Michael Rappaport sits. Yeah. So it was <laughs> it was folding chairs with labels with names or like media outlets, and we didn't see Will or Jared. So we we're just like, okay. But we but we did see Big Three. We saw Big Three. So oh, okay. What that meant, and I was like, well, I am Big Three news. So the first game, we we took it easy. We we sat in where they said find an open seat, but. We noticed that the the folding chairs weren't filling up. We, we sacrificed a little bit. We only sat two rows back yeah, from courtside. We only sat two rows back instead of. Front. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so then we came back for the second game, and Will's like, "Yeah, m- mind you, like all these folding tables in like the restricted section were full except for two. There was like two right next to each seats. other. Oh god, that's always a bad sign we'll when say- you find the right amount of seats you need." Like, oh, like, let's make a move. Like, let's we're like, we're like, like these, we're... these have to be our seats. So <laughs> we went around the little rope that they had, and we are going down the row. And when I tell you, the people that were sitting at the, like, the broadcasting table. And, and he's saying the people. It was Jeff Kwanowitz. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, the co-founder. <laughs> Not just the people. Yeah. The, the, the guy who yeah, started this like, idea with Ice Cube. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When we went to go sit down, 
he you could tell like he was scared he had no idea what was going on so we immediately abandoned that plan like like everyone like turned around i heard like who are these guys or like whatever and i was like oh my god (laughs) wait we're like nope (laughs) that's hilarious wait so you guys just got up suddenly and left just walked literally going to sit next to michael rapaport's chair and everybody started freaking out and then and then and then who did sit there 20 minutes later Al Jefferson and Gennaro Pargo sit down in the two seats that we tried sitting in. Oh, God. They saw you two, and they're like, that's definitely not Al and Gennaro. (laughs) So, don't know who those guys are. There's a a very big discrepancy between those two people. That's funny. Um, I feel like like hearing the story out loud, like, we just seem like like two, like, jackasses. But, like, (laughs) if you were there... Like, I don't know how we convinced ourselves that, that we the, should have been sitting that's there. That's the type of freedom that we had. Right. Nobody was, like... We didn't have any direction. Nobody was yeah. what we should do. You know? So I, was like, I don't know. I mean... Because I was like, what if those are our seats? I mean, it would make sense, right? There's two of you. There's two seats open. Right. I'm always skeptical about seeing the exact number of seats. It just worked out, like... I'm always skeptical of things working out that well. You know, just... Exactly. And, and, the, and the, seat, the seats were labeled big three. Like it wasn't the ones that said specific names because there was. There, there was, was there was like there was like Mike, John, Elizabeth, you know what I mean? Yeah, they should make that more clear. I blame that on big three. No, I don't know if I blame that on big I blame, three. I blame it on the seat usher that told us you can all see if you're you're labeled here. If not, just find an open seat. No, we don't need to cut them slack. This is a big three's fault. They should have remembered big three news. They only got half of it right. We yeah, got the news part. <laughs> they probably didn't know how to spell it because they looked on there and saw that it had a three instead of an E. Well, and the only reason why I don't want to be like a jackass, but like the only reason why I thought that like, oh, maybe it is me is just because I saw that retweet NBA got like a seat in Detroit. Did he? Yeah. Oh, did he? Yes. It had his name on it. It was a seat that had his name on it. That's crazy. Wow. So I was that like, oh, like. And did, maybe maybe did, this is mine. Didn't you say you've spoken to the guy Jeff before? Yes. Yeah, so, so I mean, Jeff got me a seat right next to him. <laughs> and Jeff turned around Absolutely and said, who the, <laughs> who the hell is this guy? Oh, my God. It was that, so funny. That's funny. I, I can't believe NBA Retweet got a seat that close. I mean, I guess they got some type of special... Uh, media pass or I mean, I think he got. I think he like went as like a photographer. It looked like. I feel like that's the key to being a media member. You want prime time access. Get a photographer. You have to know how to work a camera. Yeah. Um, well, we thought about that, but I was, but neither of us owned like a camera. Right. So let's like weird if we just like pulled up with like our smartphones. You know what I mean? Well, I was gonna say let's talk about your roles a little bit. Was it kind of like you two were both there as journalists or? Uh, one of you were filming, one of you were asking questions, one of you the reporter. I mean, what were, what were your, kind of your roles walking in? Did you game plan it or just kind of wing it? Oh, I, no game plan. I, absolutely <laughs> no game plan. And I, I want to like, like toot my own horn here, but I was I was Will's equal that day, honestly. I, 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 I know I know Absolutely I was, not. I was his intern. <laughs> yeah, I was his intern. But there wasn't any like it wasn't like one of us was doing this and the other was doing that. Like we both went in blinds. We both went in with 
really no idea what was going to happen. And we both kind of just, you know, like backpacked off each other. Like, right. We both were asking questions. When we asked questions, we recorded it. Um, we, we both watched the games. Like, we, there wasn't anything besides, besides Will um, reporting the games, like, on his account, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of just helped each other out. Like, it wasn't – we didn't really have a plan. At gotcha. All. So, so oh, that, that's probably the best way to do it, to be honest. Um, I mean, not that I had a plan either. I wasn't even expecting to be able to talk to anybody – after the press conferences, um, you know, I, I have a James Harden uh, phone case. I'm recording these guys who clearly aren't James James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, oh, look at this D rider of Harden over here. Well, that's, that's actually really funny you said that because I have a Dirk case. Uh, on your phone? Yeah, and I was doing the <laughs> same thing. <laughs> Wait, and you were, you were recording where they could see it, correct? Yes. Okay. See, I tried to face away from them and just make it toward the camera, so that way they didn't think I was, you know, some fangirl over. Uh, oh, God. Wait, oh my God! Wait, 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 wait! Did you interview Kenyon Martin? I did not. <laughs> I did How not. How great is that? I, I I talked to him. The guy that got he walked traded by. for James Harden with oh. the James Harden phone case. <laughs> I talked to him, but I was definitely not gonna. Go past the high. No interview with my phone, at least for sure. That was gonna be the weirdest conversation. And I'll be honest. Out of all the people that we interviewed or saw get interviewed, Kenyon Martin was by far the most intimidating. Oh my and god! It wasn't even close. I mean, like tell tell him what happened. So this this woman, this woman. No, no, not the woman. The man. Well, I'm going to tell both. Oh, all right. So this woman asks, starts off her interview with, oh, uh, thank you. Thank you for hearing my question. Like, I know things didn't go well last time. And everybody in the room was kind of like, wait, like, what? It was just we. It was just like a uncomfortable way to start off, uh, like, an interview with somebody. So the details there. So that was the first question. And then this other guy who was um, – from San Antonio reporting, uh, he was a San Antonio reporter. <laughs> San Antonio, I don't know what he was doing. He there. asked, he asked Kenny Martin if he could recruit Tony Parker to the Big Three, and I don't know if if Kenny Martin was offended by the question. He or seemed like he might have been. He he went on a tirade. He went he went on a rant for a little bit about how he has he doesn't know Tony personally, uh, and why would that be the first thing that he brought up. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, if I meet Tony Parker, I'm not starting the conversation with one playing the big first. <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah. What am I going to be like? Oh, hey, Tony, how, how's, your, how's your wife? How's your kids? Oh, yeah, by the way, you want to play in the big three? <laughs> and everybody was, like, kind of, like, nervously laughing. Because, they were like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he, it was funny, but, like, he was – he wasn't kidding. Like, he was serious. And the guy was just like, he was yeah, but like, real. And the guy was like, guys, like, I think I have to get like yelled at for five minutes. Guys, like, so, <laughs> so, so yes, so yeah, you'll get Tony Parker. Wow, that that's hilarious. Mello too. Who asked about Mello? The the woman, the woman that said she had a problem with Kenny Martin asked about Mello. Did she? Yes, yeah, she did. I don't remember that. She did, and and he was like, he was oh, like, man. I know Mello, like what? he's a great guy, like I know he still wants to play in the NBA, but like if 
like if he puts that dream behind him and he wants to, you know, keep playing, like I would be happy to have him. But he he said that he's not like his job is not to recruit people and he's not yeah, going to he, go out of his way to recruit people to come play. He said, he said, he's like, he's like, my job is to recruit. They got other people for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Kenyon Martin keeping it 100 is not, you know, it's not the first time he's done that, but that, that is hilarious. And I feel like as a reporter, you really got to have some thick skin, but for him to go on a tirade in front of your fellow colleagues and peers, uh, that is hilarious. Um, I don't know who, which one I would least rather be the one that said they didn't have a good go of it last time or the one that essentially got yelled at for asking why he didn't recruit yeah, yeah. other – I'd much rather get yelled at. I, I think I would too. Absolutely. Bro, I, I, you're just trying to get your name out there. We remember the guy. <laughs> we do remember the guy. You're right. That's true. That's, you know, bad publicity is still publicity, so – well now, now I feel I feel bad because Jared almost went viral and I kind of prevented him from going viral. Yeah, Will, the one piece of advice that Will gave me that day. I didn't, no, that's not true. Don't <laughs> it like that. I mean, no, no, no. We're, we, like, I want to ask this question. So when the first the first game was uh, triplets, that was the first winner of the day. So we kind of knew that Joe Johnson was going to be in the room. So. When we got to the press room, it was before the players got there. So we were just, you know, talking about That's all when we were game playing. Yeah, we were game playing. <laughs> now it was time to game plan. I was like, shitting bricks. Yeah, like first time press conference and it's Joe Johnson. Like yeah. it's just, it was a little bit surreal. So we were just talking about potential questions we wanted to ask. And I said to Will, I was like, listen, like I kind of want to ask him – like if he like if his goal is to play in the NBA again or if he has any interest in going back but i was i was you know a little bit skeptical cuz i didn't want to come off as disrespectful right cuz obviously like i feel like if if he had the opportunity he would be in the NBA right now like if he had an offer on the table he would be in the NBA yeah so absolutely I, I didn't want to come off as offensive or like you know being disrespectful so like i i was kind of just iffy about it and will agreed like will told me i was like don't ask that question he just yeah he straight up said he's like i wouldn't like i would just think of something else so i ended up not asking the question and somebody pulled him aside after the press conference ended and literally asked, asked the, exact, the exact same question and it ended up going viral i saw it on bleacher report i saw it on like clutch points oh wow it was- yeah i mean that's that's a tough you know, tough line to go over. It's based on really on how the the person himself reacts. And I feel like Joe, he's a pretty calm guy. I talked to him uh, one-on-one. He seemed like a pretty calm, like nice guy. You know, people constantly were asking him nonstop after the game for a one-on-one interview. But yeah, it's a hard line. Like, do you play the safe side or do you risk it and see how this person reacts? Like, like for instance, that reporter who asked Kenyon Martin the Tony Parker question, you know? If he Ohio played a fine line. Read that by Joe Johnson, like my day probably would have been ruined. <laughs> you would have cried. I I would I would have I would have broke down if Joe Johnson <laughs> yelled at me in front of media in front of cameras. I I, I, I would have broken. I'd be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, that was like a real risk reward because, like, on the flip side of it, like your question would have went viral. <laughs> right. and so that, I mean, as Joe Johnson it, makes media member cry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, either way, you could have gone viral. Maybe it was kind of a win-win. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> like it's Will's fault. I mean, like that's that's basically like. But I will I will say this though. Actually, whose fault it is is this. Um, really, the only time, the only experience that I have with Joe Johnson is watching him on the Nets, and he never seemed that calm of a person. And then I realized it's because he was just dealing with Darren Williams every day. <laughs> so yeah, really. He- now you could tell that, you know, now he probably you know, doesn't deal with Darren Williams anymore, so there's a weight lifted off his shoulder. You think we should just put Darren Williams back in the league and, and then no, see how Joe Johnson I'm saying, I'm saying I think we stole <laughs> Darren Williams. Well, I, <laughs> I tweeted the other day, Darren Williams should join the league. Williams the other day. He's like, yeah. hey, Darren Williams, what are you doing? And I'm like, don't, for the love of God, <laughs> don't ruin this for me. I just think it would be funny, and it would be cool to see him in the league. I mean, it wasn't like he he was just completely gassed. I mean, he definitely wasn't the player he was before. But in the in the big three, I think it's three on three setting. There's a chance he could compete. And then and then with my luck, he'd be like the only guy that like I'd love to be a recurring guest on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> there, yeah, Darren, bite my lip. Darren, we've been talking to you for the whole season. I think we should just talk, try to talk to somebody else. <laughs> 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 yeah, the says no one ever. Um, no, that that would uh, definitely be an interesting, interesting uh, person to add to the, the big three. Let's let's maybe get some better personality people who get along with most of the people in the league type of players in in first. Um, what I want to know is this: I want to ask you a question. Okay. How did it feel? I want to know the emotions that were going through your head. When you saw that Dusan Balut followed me. Oh, man, I was pissed. (laughs) (laughs) And I think actually the first thing I saw on Twitter was it was you quote tweeting the tweet where you said, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. And so I read that part first and I was like, oh, wait, so the big three got him to come back to the league. I was like, I don't know what Ice Cube did, but he did it. And I, you know, followed through with it, investigate a little bit. I'm like, oh. He just followed him and then didn't tag me in it because he knew it would make me upset. And I said that. I was like, and hey, Anthony's going to be upset. I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, are you kidding me? I, I've been hinting at just anything to get him to follow me. And For those of so, you that don't know, if this is your first episode. Dusan Balut is the number one ranked FIBA player in the world. He was going to play for Ball Hogs. Um, FIBA told him no, so he's not on Ball Hogs anymore. But he's been, like, liking all my tweets and, like, tweets that don't have any retweets. So I know yeah, that he, just, he's just, like, following my account, like, ghost following. So yeah. I tweeted at him the other day. I was like, listen, like, why don't you just, Dusan, why don't you just, just, just follow me? And he did. <laughs> Shit, he and was then, like, okay. He tweeted my tweet that I said Zlatan's a better L.A. athlete than LeBron. It's going to be interesting to see if Dusan ever comes back, like, after the Olympics. Um, and actually competes and maybe gets some of his guys. That would be cool. Uh, obviously, we might forget about it a little bit. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy that Dusan actually followed me back. That was someone, like, the person I was looking forward to most playing. And just to see FIBA pretty much bar him from playing, that was one of the most disappointing things of this season, probably. Yeah, probably the most it. disappointing thing. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And thanks for sharing your media experience, guys. That's Really cool, and I hope more people get to get to experience that because I think the big three, their PR team is quite arguably one of the best 
that I've, I've ever experienced, and I think a lot of other people might agree as well. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely a that was definitely a good week, and then we followed it up with another good week in week five. Um, you know, it seemed like kind of the the week of the upsets or underdogs. Um, maybe not in terms of like competition level wise, but just record wise. Uh, it seemed like all the teams who had the worst record came away with wins this week. Let's let's just kind of go through them quickly. We won't completely break them down. But I do want to just kind of get your thoughts on Saturday and Sunday in Kansas City and Oklahoma City and just kind of look at the standings at a whole because now we have so many teams who have two wins on the season and are fighting for that, essentially that fourth spot at the moment. We'll see how the other three top-tier teams, uh, you know, fall in the next couple weeks. But, yeah, so uh, the Saturday of week five, we were in Kansas City. And they had Three's Company, Biv Lab, Power and Triplets, which is probably the game of the week, and Tri-State Three-Headed Monsters. Um, obviously, Power and Triplets is the most exciting game of the week. It was the most anticipated game of the week and lived up to the hype. But looking at the day as a whole, from your two perspectives, what do you think? Who who do you think came away with the most the the best win of the week of that day? Well, I think that probably I think it was Power. You know, you think it was power? Absolutely. I mean, you want to talk about a statement win. I mean, you had a team that was looking a little bit shaky, a team that's really been dominant this last season and a half. Then you have triplets come, these new kids on the block. Um, you know, they're starting to get a little bit of a bandwagon fan following. So then they come, they play power. Um, if you're Nancy Lieberman, this is a game that you have to win. Um, and it reasserts you as the team to beat in the big three. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it. you definitely made the argument for it, and I don't disagree with that one bit. I think Power really did need to come away with a win. I look at, you know, a team like maybe Tri-State, who was going up against a struggling three-headed monsters, but three-headed monsters nonetheless, a team that's never lost even twice in a row, let alone three times in a row. I think and this I is the first time in their history that they've been below 500. It, it probably is. I mean, they're two and three right now. I thought tri- what Tri-State did to go against, you know, one of the, the powerhouse teams, a team I thought was going to be the best team in the league this year and win the championship. And just to be able to down them for their third straight loss, um, if any team should have made a move today, it might have been, it might have maybe should have been three-headed monsters. Um, yeah. I thought maybe that was the biggest win of, you know, it's maybe even the entire weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you look at three-headed monsters, you have Reggie Evans, you have Richard Lewis, but, you know, you can kind of argue that Three-Headed Monsters really won the draft lottery um, yeah. this season. And this bench just hasn't been what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, it hasn't been as good. As, yeah, like you said, it hasn't been as good as we thought it was going to be. I, I, I've been impressed with Chalmers, but like Larry Sanders, you know, late addition to the big three in the combine, goes third overall. You're, you're kind of hoping for a little bit more production, you know, from that spot. And then... They also have Trey Simmons, who they were high on, uh, has a good relationship with Coach Payton. And I feel like he was kinda of, he's kinda of like now hidden behind Chalmers and then when Mahmoud is on. So when he's coming in, it's just a little bit like he's he's not getting in the flow of it as fast as you might want him to. And so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a little bit disappointing. Um and 
you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, they're still in the thick of things. Obviously, at two and three, like with most of the rest of the league, but yeah, I mean, half the league is tied for sixth place. Yeah, well, and and a big reason of that is you know, aliens beat Ghost Ballers. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, you think that was probably the biggest win for the, uh, any team that day, or do you feel like Trilogy Statement win over Enemies was was could beat that one? I mean, I to be honest, I think it depends on whose perspective you want to look at, right? Like, if you're Trilogy, now you've for three weeks in a row, you've knocked off um, a top team. The last two weeks, you gave undefeated teams their first loss. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're kind of, they're coming like a bat out of hell. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to face them right now. I mean, you just look at, you look at David Hawkins, you look at, um, James White, all these guys are just clicking at the right time. Yeah. Um, I mean, Carlos has been great. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Young had a really good game last week. You know, it's just different guys for them are stepping up. I think that's the biggest thing is, is depth and how it actually works out for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Beating killer threes and or beating power, then beating killer threes, now beating an enemies team that everyone was ready to make the best team in the league because they had, were fully healthy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I I can't argue with that at all. So now we got we mentioned that the standings, most of the teams are two and three, and uh, that a lot of that had to do with the fact that there were so many upsets this week. So we have power triplets and killer threes all with one loss at the top. Trilogy at three and two, enemies at three and two, and then six through eleven are two and three. I think the Ballhawks is, you know, no offense, probably out on this one. Yeah, the Ballhawks are done. Uh, they would have to win all their games, and they still wouldn't be over five hundred teams. So it's going to be tough for them to even come back. Uh, which two and three team do you feel the best about that could make a playoff run, and which one do you feel like is trending downhill? I mean, I think you have to say the three-headed monsters is probably trending downhill at the moment. Over ghost ballers? Well, probably both. Okay. Um, but I think the three-headed monsters are definitely more surprising. Yeah. Just because, like you and I, we both looked at this team on paper last season, and we were kind of both ready to, uh, you know, get, get kind of, you know, give them the the off-season title. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, they essentially won the off-season with how they were able to get the the good picks in the draft lottery, and then how they drafted. I mean, they did a really good job constructing the team that was already good. I mean, if, if I'm going to add anything, uh, one thing that's, like, important to look at when you look at standings, not only in basketball, in any sport, is point differential. Yeah. And looking at it now, their point differential is a lot better than a lot of the other two, two and three teams, which – isn't necessarily a good thing. That means they're losing close. That they're losing the games that they could easily win. But on the others, on the other hand, you could look at the, at that as a positive and saying, "Listen, they're one bucket away from being three and two or four and one." Yeah, no doubt. They've they've had a lot of close games. Um, you know, their game with Killer Threes was really close. Their game with Big Lap was close when they made a little bit of a game. But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean. Looking at the point differential for a team like Ghostballers, they're they're negative thirty. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, compared to three-headed monsters, is negative three. I mean, that's one bucket. So, I mean, that's substantial. And so, yeah, I mean, I think those are two teams that are trending downhill. But which one's going to actually like, continue that trend, and which one can turn it around? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Look- like after the moves made today, 
you know, we'll have to see. You know, the big if the big three is anything, it's unpredictable. So it would I'm yeah. surprised if Chris Johnson go in, goes in there and makes an MVP candidate out of himself. You know what I mean? Man, that forward, would be crazy. Surging, that would be crazy. Um, but after the moves that they made today, waving Boozer, you know, now they got to pick somebody else up. Um, trading their leading scorer and rebounder, you know, I, I just don't know what the plan is from here. So I would have to imagine if I was going to pick between Ghost Bowlers and Three Headed Monsters, who's more likely to right the ship and kind of make a push? I think it's got to be Three Headed Monsters. Yeah, absolutely. What team do you feel like out of that two and three group? Do you feel like is is surging a little bit more like that? They're they're looking like a team that's really going to make a run. I mean, Aliens is obviously they're one of the few teams with a two and three record that have a positive point differential. But you know, I mean, you might feel differently about them when you actually watch them. I mean, just from your standpoint, you saw the games a couple weeks ago. You both did, and I feel like it was significantly different from this week. So yeah, I mean, just just your thoughts on it. I mean, I think that Aliens, and we talked about it last week with Jordan. But I think that Aliens is just, it's so interesting to watch just because I think realistically they really have one of the only players in the league that when he's on the floor, you can tell that teams run their offense or defense respectively differently when he's on the floor. Like when Aliens put Greg Oden on the floor, teams, you could tell they call a timeout, they make switches, they put in specific personnel, they they try to get him in foul trouble. Um, So I think... And we talked about this last week, too, um, with Andre Owens. I think that if they can finally start making their shots and giving Greg Oden some help, I think that Aliens are a team that I don't know if we're talking about enough. Yeah, and I, I was really high on Shannon Brown for some reason coming into the league. I did not think he was going to be shooting like he did last week. That is not how I thought he was going to get his buckets. That was but, um, That was insane. But I did think just for like some odd reason, like he could be a guy – uh, you know, still 33 years old, could be a guy that could make some type of impact. And he definitely did, but I don't feel like, I don't feel like it's just like, it's just him, you know? It's just like they have a really well-constructed team and anybody on any given day can stay up or um, put up those type of numbers. And Greg Oden has looked incredible coming back. I mean, he, he just has been so dominant against every big in this league that he's had to go up against, really. And so... Yeah, I mean, Aliens, I, I think they could be a team that's on the rise. Since we're t- talking about Aliens, I mean, obviously the big <laughs> the big highlight of the week was Brandon Rush crossing up Ricky Davis for the game yeah. winner. Uh, that's potentially in play for play of the year behind maybe Will Biden's, you know, sham god, fake sham god. Yeah, um, crazy. Has he sham god? What If you could, if you had to pick a... Play of the year right now, which one would it be between those two? I mean, both your opinions. Oh, man. I mean, that's tough. I mean, (laughs) why I think I would give it to them, to Aliens right now, that was just because it was a game winner. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Um, Will Bynum Sham got that was crazy, but it was just two points. Yeah. And they actually lost the game. You're right. That was for the win, like, statement win, like, we're coming. You know what I mean? And if they can build off of this, I think that that's going to be, like, one of the moments of the year. Man, that would be crazy. Jared, do you have yeah, anything I, to pick back on that? I saw the Brandon Rush, uh, Brandon Rush clip uh, yesterday, and that was – that's just plain – That was disrespectful. 
that's just that you don't you just hate to see that. You hate to see <laughs> that in a high school game. You don't want to see that on national television. I mean, uh, yeah, especially to Ricky Davis. I mean, uh, I hate that. Gosh, that's the. I think that was the part I didn't like about it was that it's like, oh, not Ricky. He literally spent like the last forty-eight hours like volunteering at a homeless shelter. <laughs> oh, Ricky. Ah, uh, and then <laughs> now they got like memes being made of him, and you know, if anyone wasn't paying attention to the big three, they certainly are now, just off that yeah. one play alone. Yeah, it was it was a tough game for Ricky and the Ghost Ballers, but but damn, I mean Brandon Rush, I mean that was that was awesome. I can't, was I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Uh, Jared, since it's your first time on the show, Will and I have kind of been updating what I I hope can be an award one day uh, called the Newcomer of the Year Award. Essentially, it's just a Rookie of the Year. But I thought since you know Big Three was changing the game, we kind of change up the name of that award um yeah and so we've been kind of updating it periodically here and there uh obviously it's hard not to give the newcomer of the year award right now and probably the mvp to joe johnson but um i mean would you make any changes heading into week six you know our first set of bye games coming up i mean i i think it's it's a no-brainer i mean the guy's probably going to win mvp of the league yeah like I hate, I hate to say it's a one man race, but unless something like catastrophic, like unless he all of a sudden forgets how to play basketball, it's it's <laughs> wrapped up. Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know it's in the bag unless he just starts declining a little bit. But it's hard to it's hard to think he will. I mean, I Craig. Like, even, even if he declines if he a little declines, bit, who who who's well? I mean, like at this point. Okay, but yeah, I understand. Joe Johnson has been really good, like really good, but. I feel like Craig Smith is is a little underrated, and it could be just a name thing. I mean, he's consistently putting up that nineteen to twenty three point range, night in and night out. And he, I, I, think with, I think without him, you know, enemies is three and two. They look really good, but I think without him, that team looks a lot different. Um, oh, you're absolutely right. And, and so I think like going in. Well, and I I just think like if Joe Johnson declines just a little bit, and Craig Smith plays even better, like has like an Andre Emmett type run down the stretch. You know, it, the thing with me is that Joe Johnson is not only scoring, he's, he's top three in the league in almost every category. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously scoring is the stat that jumps out of you, uh, especially in a, in a game to 50 when you're av- when you're averaging 20 points a game in a game where you only score 50 points. I mean, that's, that speaks a lot. That's, that's like averaging 40 a game in the NBA. And not to yeah. mention, if you lose, that means you don't score 50 points. So you're still you're scoring basically half your team's points. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. But, no, you're right. I mean, he's, you know, the facilitating. You know, he's probably been their best rebounder on I mean, the team. The guy the guy's only behind Reggie Evans in rebounding. But, I mean, the, yeah. that alphabet, <laughs> like. And Reggie Evans isn't a score. Right. Yeah. We haven't even gotten into that. Yeah, oh, my God. Who was that? that? Was that Trilogy? It was um, Will Bynum. Oh, my God. Bivouac yeah. was talking wild about Reggie yeah, Evans. They were. Oh, right. Wait. You're talking about during your experience at the media? Yeah. Oh. Somebody asked um, the team if, like, if they were, like, oh, like, Reggie Evans, like, not really usually known as a scorer, like, had 20 points tonight. Like, what, like, what do you guys think about that? And they, like, kind of started laughing. They were like, oh, you know, 
Like he's never been known for his scoring. Like he's he's a rebounder. Like he doesn't score at all. Like they're like, yeah, you guys make him. They're like, you guys make him look like he's like prime Shaq or something. Like if he's scoring, then our plan's working. Well, that disrespect. Really he's scoring twenty points. I mean, we're in a great spot. Well, I'm surprised you didn't fight him. That's your that's your MVP candidate I, I, for the year. I, 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 well, first of all, I'm not fighting Will Bynum, so <laughs> let's put that to bed. But I literally, I don't know if I looked at Jared, if I just thought in my mind, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I cannot believe that. I cannot believe the words that I'm hearing. The disrespect. I mean, yeah. man, I mean, Reggie Evans is, is a scorer in the big three. That's yeah. the league we're playing in. He has definitely been – he led three-headed monsters in scoring last year on a team that had four players average double-digit points. I mean, I mean, what more do you need from that? I mean, he was, he was unbelievable, and he's unbelievable this year. He's just – you know, three-headed monsters as a whole is struggling. Uh, could be a little bit what to do with my mood, you know, not playing as much, saving them down the stretch. Maybe yeah. they expected this. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. I think they, I think they rally back. Um, for sure. No, new, so our, our newcomer of the year, you know, it's mostly been Joe Johnson, Craig Smith at one and two. The real change has really been that three spot. You had Mike Taylor and I had Will Bynum up there. Would you make any changes? I think I might. And I think I have to because Will Bynum didn't play. But would you make any changes? Yeah, I, I made a change. But let's hear it. I, this week, I put Frank Nitty. Yeah, and I actually had Royce Wyatt, and I, but I agree. I think I'd put Frank Nitty up there, too. Uh, I think that, I mean, he's really realistically been the number two option on a top three team in the league. Yeah. And he has no NBA experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, C.J. Watson was, who's played in the league for a long time, he's been out for a couple games, and he's had to put you know, more of the load on himself, and he's, most of the time that comes the day after playing a Drew League game. Now, I know these guys play just every day pretty much, so it's nothing. But just like the intensity and to be locked in like that and to come out, whether it be in the Drew League or to be in the big three, I mean, it's just been incredible. I mean, double-double, he's doing it. He's, doing, he's scoring. He's rebounding well for a guard. He's facilitating. Yeah, I think he, there's a no-brainer that he's a – top three newcomer of the year. So. But you didn't have him. What, what's that? But you didn't have him in your top three. I did not have him in my top three. I'm going to put him, <laughs> I'm going to put him in my top three is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. so I agree fine. with you. Oh, no, no. I had Royce White as my three, but I was agreeing with you that, yes, Frank Nitty should take that three spot. Royce, he was giving us a little bit of flack, right? When, when you didn't put him last week? I felt like he was okay with it, or maybe he felt like I was undermining him. Um, well, I got that kind of vibe that he was like, "You think like how could I not be on this list?" Yeah, maybe. I mean, like he retweeted it. I thought maybe he was like proud of it, you know, because his teammate was one of the guys in front of him, and then in front of him was arguably the best player this year. But you know, I mean, maybe he felt like I was doubting him a little bit. That's. That's a. But you know, didn't somebody say something like on Instagram? I don't remember. Maybe, maybe I'm tripping. You could be tripping. I honestly could, probably forgot. Um, I, to like, I could have swore somebody said something. Mike Taylor said something about Mike you. Mike Taylor said something. That's who it was. Yeah, I think me, he was. Right? Well, he was 
he was like, I'm the only non-starter to make the list. You there know, you they get more minutes. So like, I don't know what I don't know what you want me to do about that, Mike. <laughs> I mean, I think he was happy that you had him on there. I think he was disappointed that I didn't have him on there. Right. Yeah. I think, like, what did he say? He was like, he's like, oh, you know what that means? I'm the only non-starter on the list. Yeah, I'm actually. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, but like, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. I have no idea what that means. I mean, does that mean he's the automatic? He should be the automatic newcomer of the year. I don't know. I mean, I think. Does that make him sixth man of the year? I mean, yeah, maybe that's what he was alluding to. Definitely makes sense. Uh, I mean, you know, I think if this ever this award will ever become realistic. I think it would have to be a rule that the MVP can't also be the newcomer of the year. That's uh, what I'm maybe I don't know. I mean, did they have they have the rarity that they have rookie of the years and MVPs? But so. like, I'm a big fan of spreading the wealth. Like, yeah, me too. Years, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with like, that. Didn't last year, like, didn't Corey McGetty win like MVP, Captain of the Year? Yeah, he made of the year. So he won a lot of awards. Yes, like Power won. Every single award. Birdman got defensive player. Nancy, Nancy Lieber then coach got coach of the year. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I agree. I'm, I'm all about spreading the wealth, even when your team doesn't perform at the highest level that you want them to. I feel like you have to give credit where credit's due. I mean, it's not, obviously, it's more, it's boring if the same team or the same player gets more than one. But I mean, if they earned it, they earned it. No, you're right. No, no, and that's completely fair. I just, I don't know. It's it's fun to see other guys win awards, but you're right. I mean, like, if you earned it and you're the guy who got the MVP but didn't get the newcomer of the year, even though it was your first year, I mean, I would, I, would, I would be highly disappointed. Yeah. So, that's a tough one. Uh, maybe if they made an award one day, we <laughs> we could have our, uh, our fair say of it a little bit more. But, well, um, there should definitely be, and we can sponsor this award next year, there should definitely be like a non-captain player of the year. Yeah, I, I agree too because because like I feel like there, in just about every team, there's at least one or two guys who start and are the main guys in the team who are not captains. Yeah, I think like, they're. Yeah, like like the title of captain really does not mean anything anymore. Yeah, I mean we've seen it from like you know Jason Terry. We just saw it from Carlos Boozer. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but, hey, you might be running the team. Because, you know, right. they do have that role of, like, that GM role. We talked about this a little bit last week where they have to make moves. You know, for Ricky Davis, he felt like we need a big. So he went and got a big despite trading his best score on the team. That's yeah. kind of a, That was kind of a tough trade-off. But, you know, I guess, like I said, maybe the flexibility of having Mike Taylor. But, you know, that, those are decisions you have to make as a captain. Um, you know, so... I guess sometimes you decide on who your captain is based on those things, but I don't think that should be the priority. And, yeah, I think that would be a good word, too. Non, non-captain non player of the year. Give us another race to, to follow throughout the season. Exactly. It would be your non-captain player of the year if, uh, you know, that was the thing. Who would be mine? Yeah. I mean, probably... Probably Craig Smith. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know maybe if you said Frank Nitty. I mean, I don't know. Frank Nitty's a captain. Frank Nitty is a captain. I complete, I still forget that. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea who the co-captains are. 
Yeah, I mean, it's Frank Nitty and Josh Powell for Killer Threes, but they had originally had like, Al like Harrington. I don't think he is. I don't know if they ever made a replacement for co-captain, yeah. So, yeah, I guess Craig Smith would be just an automatic automatic entry into the automatic win. He's been so, I mean, he's been so good for Emmys. I mean, I'm trying yeah. to think who else. I mean, like, I feel like I'm definitely forgetting. I mean, you could make the, the Andre Emmett argument. Yeah, I feel like definitely as he's heating up, you could definitely make that. Or, I mean, honestly, you could make, like, the Greg Oden argument, too. Yeah, he's been really good. I mean, he he's essentially yeah. probably been Alien's best player. Yeah, this is a tight race. Yeah, I think... It's a war that doesn't exist. <laughs> they will. We just got to keep talking about them like they're real, like they're on the verge of happening. And then eventually enough people will just expect it to happen. You know? Yeah. And They'll then just at the be... end of the season when the league doesn't give it, they're like, when are you going to announce the, the newcomer of the year? Yeah, they'll be like, what they're are you like, talking about? What? Like, what? Like, yeah, Will and Anthony said there's going to be a newcomer of the year. <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, that's the way we got to do it. We just got to keep publicizing it. Eventually, it will become a thing. It has. That's, we're going to bully the league. Into making bully the league. league. Yeah, exactly. We just got to <laughs> push them into making it. Um, yeah. All right. Let's talk about one more thing before we call it a day here. Let's just go through a quick week six preview and just – like get your prediction on who's going to win because we only have three games. We're having bye weeks for the first time, uh, giving some of these guys a rest. So we're in, in Salt Lake City just on Saturday this week. We have three games, six teams playing. Killer Three's, three's company is game one, you know, subject to change. Triplets, Ballhawks, game two. Aliens, Bivouac, game three. Uh, game, of the, game of the week. I was going to say game of the week on Saturday, but game of the week. Both of you. Uh, I believe I think it's Aliens Bivouac. Yeah, um, I think Killer Three Three's company could be an interesting interesting one, but yeah, I like the uh, the two expansion teams going at it. That that's that's a must win for Three's company, but uh, it's a must win for Aliens and Bivouac. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, seeing after seeing the way Bivouac played when we went in Brooklyn, I was kind of disappointed to see that they kind of got blown out this past week. They look terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, I don't know. It's such high hopes. Well, Will Bynum was out. I mean, I guess that made that big of a difference. I don't know if it did, but it looks like it did. Um, you said you talked to Reggie, Reggie Theus. I guess that was the week before when they were coming off a high win. Yeah, they, they had high hopes, I'm telling you. Yeah, you said they were really confident. So, uh, that, you know, we'll, we'll see how they respond. And obviously they're playing a surging Aliens team who – Seems to have figured it out. Andre Owens, I feel like we've talked about this a little bit. We kind of thought he was kind of deferring to the rest of his guys, letting them adjust to the league a little bit, yeah. and then would eventually take over. And we kind of saw that. Um, we did. No, you're right. What if uh, – would it be crazy to think that ball hogs could upset triplets? Yes. You know, <laughs> you know triplets coming off a loss, a tough loss. Imagine. Maybe they're still sulking in that one. Ballhawks comes in, and Will McDonald finally has another. Or Will McDonald has another game. Deshaun Stevenson goes up. Stevenson goes off. Uh, Kendall Woods maybe goes off. You know, it's you don't think that's doable? No. I honestly, I feel like the big three has to do something about the Ballhawks. 
Oh, I. Well, Anthony, you know, Anthony I mean, has a theory. I mean, the first year <laughs> they were. The second year, I didn't really pay attention as much the second year, but I'm pretty sure they were a joke. And they still don't have a win this year. So, I mean, like, there just comes a point where it's like, I was like, what is the deal with this team? Yeah, they have three wins and three seasons. They have three wins in their history. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Tell us, Anthony, what's, what's the problem with ball hogs? I mean, I'm on board with it. I mean, you've heard me talk about this before, where, you know, they have Scal and Josh Childress, who have been running that team for a little while. You know, my only theory is, like, maybe, like, you, you only want Brian Salabrini because, obviously, one, for some reason, everybody loves him and have he's gained his name as the White Mamba. But, two, I mean, like, the only other thing could be, like, you have to be a player and a GM. Is he just... I mean, obviously, he's not doing well as a player, but he's not really doing that great as a GM either because he's constructing I, I feel like, a team. I feel like he's there for, like, comedic relief. Like, I, I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, I, I do too. Like, he's, like, like, oh, like the Red Mamba. Like, he was one of the most advertised players going into season one. He's the greatest <laughs> player of all time. Yeah, he was literally, like, being advertised, not obviously not equal as Allen Iverson, but, like, he was being promoted as one of like, oh, you have to come see Brian Scalabrini play live. Like, and I'm not gonna lie, I bought into it a little bit. Like, he saw my phone case that day. <laughs> I, I was I was pumped. But like, it's like I feel like I don't know. Like he had no. a ring, and it's just a kind of a joke because he's so bad. I got a cameo for him this weekend, so he's good by me. <laughs> oh, just automatically. Yeah, I mean, you, know, just, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. <laughs> Fair enough. I just, uh, I, I don't know. It's been bothering me for the past couple seasons. Just, I don't know. I feel like there comes a point in time where you just need to tear it down. I mean, this is just, this is not working. Yeah, it feels like Ballhawks is in the league to, to you know, be that comedic relief, like you said. But it's weird to think, like, they had Jermaine Taylor, they had Dusan Ballou. Like, this team looked formidable and looked as if they could maybe be competitive, maybe be in that middle-tier range at the beginning of the season. Didn't Deshaun Stevenson play for power? He, yes, yeah, he one. did play for power, right? season one. And then he became a co-captain okay. for Bog. I mean, Bog's last year, too, they had Andre Owens. You know, I thought that team was going to be decent, but I think the thing holding them back is, is Scalabrini and Childress. <laughs> and I think until that changes... Whether or not fans like it, you know, I think it. I don't think Bob's gonna win until they change who is at the hierarchy on that team. Bro, so. if Brian, I don't think what both of you are failing to realize is if Brian Scalabrini actually went out there and played, they'd win the championship every single year. Yeah, so he's uh, clearly taking it easy on them. Yeah, clearly he's not. He he, he decided he would block staff this week. Wasn't it Scalabrini that uh, Michael Rappaport literally called out a few weeks ago for always being on the ground? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he literally they literally showed a a uh, a montage. A, well, they, I was gonna say they showed a box score when he had zero points and zero rebounds, <laughs> and they were talking about how he he admitted it was better for him to be on the bench. That is not what the captain should be saying. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, you know what the catch-22 is? 
this guy is gonna this guy is gonna get you Paul Pierce. He's gonna get you Kevin Garnett. You know what I mean? Right. We're waiting. (laughs) We're waiting. Play with Scal. Week four, week or I'm sorry, season four will be the year of the Ball Hogs. Because what what did I say? I said who was gonna be the main guy in season four? Remember we talked about that. We talked about it briefly. Yes, you mentioned a couple minutes. Year mock drafts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got yeah, like, very carried away, but yes, I remember. Blow in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was going way out of proportion. We were already ending people's careers before yeah. they had barely so started. That, that was the messed up part. We were predicting who was going to be out of the NBA. <laughs> oh gosh, we're we're awful. No, <laughs> so season four. This is was is this your prediction? It's going to be the big three of. Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Brian Scalabrini. Well, Kevin Garnett has his thing on TNT, so I don't think Kevin Garnett is going to do it. You think Ray Allen will come? Will Rondo just retire and just join them? It'll be Rondo, Pierce, and... Rondo, if we're being 100%, I think Rondo probably has the best chance of joining. I don't think Ray Allen talks to those guys anymore. (laughs) Is hated by that whole entire team. Paul Pierce is by everybody. Dude. On the face of the earth. If you're Paul Pierce... Imagine having stadiums of people, including a stadium that you of people that you played with, chanting that you suck. <laughs> Literally, you're not even there. How do you not pick up a basketball and be like, all right, I clearly have to show these people that I am indeed good at basketball again? We'll just have a battle of the, the bad take analysts between Ryan Hollins and Paul Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you, he has to. Like, Paul... You have to. Yeah, no, I agree. We gotta, we gotta somehow advocate for Paul Pierce as season four rolls along. I've um, been advocating. Well, we gotta, we gotta strengthen our advocation because yeah. it's clearly not working. Uh, <laughs> unless there's something we don't know about. I mean, next, I mean, I, we're getting a little carried away here. I know, but like next season could potentially be even crazier off season. You know. Oh no doubt. Um. I was already getting ahead of myself today, but I just think it's, I think it's possible that like we're we're headed for something like even crazier. I mean, obviously, I want to see how the season ends and everything turns out, but like off season has definitely become, you know, one of my favorite parts of of liking basketball. Well, luckily it's 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 uh, ten months long, so you get plenty of it. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe not big three off season. It's not it's not all handy dandy there, but yeah. Uh, should be interesting how season four turns out. Uh, yeah, I think we've covered just about everything. Um, so that'll t- conclude today's episode of the Fourth Man Podcast. Jared, thanks for joining us with Will. Um, I hope you continue to to tune into the Big Three, and hopefully, Will gives you that promotion you finally deserve. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It was uh, it was fun. Hopefully, uh, I can do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get you on here, and we'll, we'll talk more as the playoffs are approaching. Uh, Will, thanks as always for coming on. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, week six in Salt Lake City. You can follow us all on our social media pages. Mine is uh, Fourth Man Pod, Fourth TH Man Pod. Will is Big Three News, News with a three nine knee. And Jared, your social media is Jared Solaro. Just my name. <laughs> all right, you heard it here first at Jared Solaro. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in today's episode, and we will talk to you guys next time. Later.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.